the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Have you ever wanted to be in Christian radio? Or better yet, what if you wanted to own a Christian radio station? Well, tonight, you're going to find out all the above. We have a very special guest, Gary Meeks. He's the owner of Meeks Communications. He joins us. Welcome to the program. Hey, Michael. Great to be with you. Yeah. So people want to get into radio, and some people think, oh, I'd like to own a radio station, and there's so many radio stations out there. Where do we begin with this topic? Um, pray. It's not for everybody. <laughs> it, it's similar to uh, uh, deciding to uh, whether or not to start a church. It's hmm. uh, I would rank it uh, almost equally important um, because uh, without – uh, God's blessing upon it, it won't work. It won't succeed. So people need to first and foremost pray if this is an area of uh, ministry that the, the Lord would have them get into. Yeah. Now, there are many reasons, I'm sure, why people want to own a radio station, let's just say. What are some of them? What are some of the things you've seen, success stories? And what are some of the, the foibles? Well, it's, uh, it's challenging. It's not... Uh, easy it is hard work there's no shortcut there's no way to sugarcoat it but if you have the right people um, on board then it can be a very successful ministry where you can be see people come to christ you can see churches grow you can uh, be a tool in the fulfillment of the great commission for some people it's awfully confusing some radio stations you know they have hymns others they sound like a secular station and so um have we gone too far are there too many different types of radio stations out there christian or um you know, or is there a lot more work to do well it's more i would say fragmented than ever before you're right there's uh uh, music formats of various styles under the big umbrella of Christian, ranking from traditional hymns to um, you know, Christian heavy metal, which sounds like an oxymoron, mm-hmm. but there are actually stations formatted that way. I've heard them. Every, everything in between. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your background, because obviously, you know, you help radio stations as far as the programming, you're a consultant. Tell us about your role in radio and, uh, you know, where you're headed. Well, I'm based in uh, Northeast Ohio, uh, just outside of uh, Akron, Ohio, the home of uh, LeBron James. That's how most people would identify uh, (laughs) with it on the map these days. But I graduated from the University of Akron with a bachelor's degree in mass media communications. I had switched my major in the middle of my sophomore year from business to uh, mass media, which back in those days was uh, radio, television, and film. And at the same uh, point in my uh, Christian walk, I uh, was a camp counselor at my church's summer camp the summer of 1976. This would have been the... Uh, Oh, before entering my junior year of college, and I uh, uh, had the privilege of leading several young people to the Lord during that summer, and I don't know if anyone in the audience has ever had that opportunity to lead someone uh, to faith in Christ, let alone a, a child, but uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Mm. So after that uh, momentous summer of being on frontline ministry and seeing you know, fruit from those efforts, I uh, switched my major at that point from uh, business to mass media, and then I decided concurrent with that that if I go into the media, I'd like to do Christian media. It was growing at that time. It was 
booming, as it were. So um, I had to end up going an extra semester to complete my bachelor's degree. But uh, fast forward to uh, December of 1977, I had gradu- completed my co- classes for my degree in August, but the graduation ceremony wasn't until December. Well, I began applying right after uh, finishing those classes, August, September, October, and there weren't any openings uh, in my local area for Christian radio. I'd applied at a local FM station uh, back in August, and uh, nothing had uh, materialized at that point. Well, December rolls around, and uh, my parents thought, encouraged me to you know, broaden my horizons to perhaps take something just to have a job and continue to look uh, elsewhere. Well, I had an opportunity to go into a restaurant management uh, position locally here in Ohio, and the fellow needed an answer uh, by like 10 o'clock the following morning. Uh, guaranteed good starting wage and a lot of upward mobility, but I prayed about it, and it's a true story, and I started this in my testimony. I called the fellow a little after 9 o'clock that morning and said, thank you, but uh, no, I, I can't accept it. I'm just... My heart's not in it. I just don't feel this would be the right thing for me. And then literally uh, two hours later, my phone rings at home. <laughs> it's the manager of the uh, Christian station that I had applied to back in August. And he said, uh, uh, Gary, are you still available? We have a full-time opening. Nice. God is good. <laughs> it's really. Yes. Yeah, you so, were in tune. Go ahead. Yeah, that was uh, an unforgettable uh, moment. And uh and uh, it wasn't the greatest hour starting out because, you know, you have to start somewhere. But um, back then, this was before the days of computer automation. Stations had to have board operators on duty round the clock. So my first shift in Christian radio was 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm, been there. <laughs> <laughs> so no breaks. Uh, I did a two-hour live uh, music request show from 10 to midnight. And then the rest of the time I was playing uh, either cassettes or reel-to-reel tapes of national and local ministries. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of people are saying, what's a reel-to-reel? But, you know, <laughs> people, <laughs> you know, you know out there, you know, cassettes and the tape and things like that, and you had to splice it and, and all that. But um, in a nutshell, this is difficult, you know, to, to put it in a nutshell, but what are all the things that you do as far as not only as a consultant, but uh, just give us a list of some of the things that you do because you help a lot of radio stations get off the ground, and uh, you take it from there. Well, I'm a little bit unusual in that I do um, both sides of um, at one end, and what I enjoy is finding a what I would call a gifted speaker, someone whom the Lord has blessed with an ability to either teach the Bible or to preach sermons, and they're not currently on radio, and I will approach them and encourage them and ask them to consider, you know, maybe the Lord could use you on radio to reach a larger audience than just your local congregation. Um, so I enjoy uh, finding what I call undiscovered talent and then developing and creating a ministry from scratch then either putting it on one station or hundreds of stations, as the case may be, depending on, you know, the vision that they have. So that's what I do at one end. And at the other end, I have station owners that have contacted me and said, we're uh, thinking of switching our format from music to teaching and talk, um, so we need someone 
who can go out and program these stations, put together a national lineup, supplement it with local programs that's doctrinally sound. And uh, so I'm, I'm doing that currently for oh, 14 stations around the country at, at last wow. count. Hmm. So it's uh, never a dull moment. And uh, uh, currently my stations in the great state of Florida are off the air due to uh, oh, yeah. her- Hurricane Irma and the loss of power and all that goes with hurricanes. Yeah, right. When are they going to get back up? Well, I wish I knew. I'm, I'm getting daily updates. I mean, they're they're closer. It, power is you know, being restored gradually, but uh, uh, my latest report is these uh, high-quality phone lines that get the signal from the studio to the transmitter site, those are down. So power is back to the studio, but the final link of uh, sending high-quality audio to the tower site, uh, that's still broken. So mm-hmm. uh, time will tell. Well, you're going to get some calls. I mean, people are going to want to contact you, people who are pastors listening, or even uh, people thinking of, uh, you know, you got an email address, or what's the best way people can get a hold of you? Uh, email would be the best way, or I can give them my, uh, I'll give you both my cell and email. Email is uh, simply meeksradio, and meeks is spelled M-E-E-K-S, meeksradio at gmail.com. Or they can reach me via cell at uh, area code 330-388-0758. That's 330-388-0758. Yeah, and so you know what to do, audience, because whether you're a radio station or someone who wants to get on the radio, Gary's the person to, to go with. You've been doing this how long? Uh, coming up on um, 39 years. Wow. All right, so you've seen a lot. We want you to share, of course. And uh, So was it easier radio back in the day, or is it is it easier now, or is it... Uh, you know, was there a clear path back back when? Was it more exciting, or is or today's you know radio stations Christian more exciting? It's a little bit of both. The technology has advanced uh, remarkably. It's so much easier to send high quality audio files from the production studio to the radio station over the internet in the with a click of a mouse. In the old days. Hmm. Mail uh, either cassettes or reel-to-reel tapes in these large boxes or uh, padded envelopes, and then you're at the mercy of the post office to deliver it in a timely fashion. So the delivery of uh, audio has vastly improved. Yeah, I always uh, blame the post office for not getting a call back. You know, <laughs> back in the day, yes. I used to have all those big things, they, you know, cassettes, and bring it to the post office. But I guess that wasn't the case. So. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about uh, equipment. Um, some radio stations, Christian radio stations, have stuff back from the 80s. So what would you tell a Christian radio station? How important is equipment? Very important. It's uh, essential to have a good, uh, uh, I would call state-of-the-art technology, uh, have a good technical person, perhaps on an on-call basis, an engineer or someone that knows good audio that is a fundamental it's like if you're building a church you want a good contractor that knows bricks and mortar well with radio you want to have a good technician who understands good audio and is up on the latest uh, technology yeah so what are the biggest challenges that you see in the future of radio i'm sure you get asked that where is it headed or uh are there trends in christian radio that we don't know about you could tell us about well there's uh the trends are, 
a lot of, uh, I would say, the myth to dispel is that radio is dying, it's going away, and the Internet is everything. The data does not suggest that. The stations that are thriving have embraced the Internet through streaming their signal, and they're doing very well. In fact, they have, uh, certain categories have added listeners. But uh, owners that are stuck in the past with maybe a little AM station in a rural community, uh, they are struggling. And uh, many of them have literally turned in their license and walked away because they couldn't hmm. compete with the big networks that, that are out there. So it's uh, it's a mixture. But the opportunities are as great as ever. Um, what is amazing to me is the number of people in uh you know, third world and second world nations that are listening to Christian radio hmm. through through the internet, through the station's website. When you get that monthly web activity report, it shows the countries that people are logged on from. And I have read those reports. It looks like the United Nations. It mm-hmm. is remarkable. India, China, Russia, literally all over the planet, people are logging on to Christian stations in this country and listening uh, regularly and often. Well, you said that radio is a lot like a church. So let's get back to that analogy for just a minute, because, you know, a lot of times churches are divided and there are people who are, you know, getting up there in age and and it's half young, half old. Or what direction do we go with the music and that type of thing? And you find that with Christian radio as well. And so what would you say to a radio station owner and their listeners, half of them are 80 or, you know, I don't know, they're just up up in age and, and they're used to the hymns, but then you have a whole crop of younger generation coming about. Can you have half and half, half hymns, half modern? Do you have to restructure? Or what, what are some of the things you would suggest? You cannot be all things to all people. Um, mm. If it's a music formatted station, and in fact, I would go so far as to say you need to decide whether to be, I would recommend be either all music or all uh, teaching, preaching, and talk. Hmm. Uh, stations that try to weave both. Uh, I have found in 39 years that listeners generally like one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so first decide whether you're going to be music or talk. If you're music, uh, determine the target age that you want to reach. Uh, you won't reach young people with hymns. Now there's many excellent hymns. I'm I'm a fan of great hymns. There's good theology. Uh, but some of the newer music, you have to be very selective. You need a good music director who understands sound doctrine. And if a song is popular, hmm. that doesn't mean it should be added to the playlist. Popularity is not the test. Sound doctrine of the lyrics should be the test. Uh, so point. you need to be able to tell record companies, sorry, I can't play it just because it's you know number one on the charts. Uh, the theology is as deep as a paper towel, and we're not going to play it. So uh, uh, you, you have to do what's best, because ultimately we're all going to stand before the Lord yes. and give an account. And he will, the test, the question the Lord will ask is, well, did you follow the charge? Did you play the number one hits? No, it'll hmm. be, were you faithful? So, so true. I mean, I think about I'm convicted by that. I think, um, I don't know, Christian bookstores, too, can be convicted by the same uh, ethic, if you will, that you can't just go for what's popular, and uh, there has to be more discernment involved. So, what are the things that you think Christian radio stations are doing well, and some of the things you clearly see need a little work? Well, I would view Christian radio as like a funnel. One of the myths that a lot of pastors have is that it just preaches to the choir. Well, George Barna, the researcher, did a 
analysis uh, a number of years ago, and I believe these statistics hold up to this day. Of he looked at the uh, church background of the Christian radio audience across the nation, and his research showed that roughly one third of the average Christian station's audience is non-churched. Hmm. That means they don't go to church anywhere on Sunday, but yet they're willing to admit they listen to Christian radio. Well, why? Well, I would put those people in what I call the seeker category. They're looking for answers to life's questions. So if you're in a even a small town of, say, 50,000 people, and you have 10,000 of those people listen to your station, 30-some percent of those 10,000 aren't going to church. Are those prospects? Could you possibly invite them to come to your house of worship on Sunday? Uh, I would think so. I had a one of the stations I monitor and consult in Columbus, Ohio, is a teaching and talk station, and I have a local church on there daily at 12:30. And uh, they recently reported to me in the last two years alone, uh, they have tracked 115 visitors to their services as a direct result of the radio program. Wow. And. Uh, it, it, that's just one example, but uh, if it's done correctly, it can be a, a funnel to connect people with a ministry, and then they show up on Sunday morning. And then some of those, you know, walk the aisle, join the church, and become an active member of the local fellowship. Mm, that's good. I never thought about that. There can be too much of a disconnect, let's just say, between getting someone connected to a church uh, growing their faith as opposed to just, you know, going in and out and listening to radio stations. You hear all the time share that they have as far as ways that uh, radio stations raise money. Is it really difficult for Christian radio stations to raise money? What are some of the different ways that they do it? Is it all just donations or uh, what are the best models that you've seen? Well, there's legally two types of uh, stations, uh, uh, commercially licensed stations and non-commercially licensed stations. In my uh, role working with stations as an employee, as a general manager, those are all in the commercial realm. Since I started my own company uh, 19 years ago, I work with both commercial and non-commercial stations. Mm -hmm. Non-commercial stations generally subsist, rely on donations, people that contribute either annually or monthly to help pay the expenses. I've seen both models work successfully. I prefer the commercial model because uh, giving uh, voluntarily tends to ebb and flow with uh, the economy and uh, economic trends. Mm. Uh, I would much rather, uh, you know, market the station to uh, ministries and to businesses and to generate results for them so that's a good business decision. Um, but both can work. But both are hard work. Neither model is easy. They are both uh, challenging in their own right. Yeah. Well, here's a tough one, maybe. You know, you see that a lot of radio stations, they have boards. You know, you got to talk to the board, and the board is on the board. And <laughs> Well, I want to ask you, you know, is there any kind of advice you would give to picking members in the board or to, you know, consult with a board? Uh, how, how big is their impact? Do they have too much of a say or not enough of a say when it comes to uh, the working of a radio station? Well, you know, technically, those that have boards, uh, the boards are in charge, and the manager is hired by that board. Mm -hmm. and he is accountable to them in terms of the chain of command. 
I, and I've served on a number of boards of uh, different ministries and Christian schools over the years. I've seen good ones and I've seen not so good ones. Uh, selection of board members is of paramount importance. They should, you know, have a sound doctrine. They should have an enthusiasm uh, for using radio, have a vision of using that as a tool, as a fulfillment of the Great Commission. Uh, oftentimes people are selected because they have the best home stereo system, so therefore they go into radio. <laughs> uh, that's probably not the best test to apply. Um, but I would say heart attitude, spiritual maturity, and a zeal for uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. Mm, yes. And also as far as, do you think Christian radio could have more impact as far as being separate from what you hear on commercial stations? Uh, does it pain your heart in any way that the radio could stand out more, be more of a witness? I mean, you always see it always, you know, at the end of the dial, if you will. It's getting up there, though. But um, how can Christian radio make more of an impact than it's making? Uh, I would say by being more visible in their local community. Uh, successful stations have uh, been aware of this and have been active for decades. Other stations that aren't successful literally seldom venture out beyond the four walls of their their building. I would say, as an example, one of the stations I manage, we were every year at the local county fairs with a booth with banners and handing out uh, Bibles, Bible promise books, hmm. and uh, uh, tracts. Um, you'd be amazed at uh, the number of uh, people that walk by a booth at a local county fair. It's a, a sea of humanity, and it's a real opportunity to say hey tune us in uh, here's a program schedule this tells you who's on at what time and uh, here's a free gift um, and they, they look at uh, i've seen them pick up bible promise books and say what's this the bible contains promises i never heard of that hmm. so Interesting. it's uh, it's frontline ministry so things like that being um, at the shopping centers um, you have to, well, the old saying, uh, it was, I think Zig Ziglar was a, a source of this quote. He said, you have to circulate in order to percolate. <laughs> and, and I've applied that to radio stations. You have to be in the community, uh, active, and uh, super serve that community. Provide them with some benefit or service. Give them a reason to tune in. Mm. And then when they tune in, hopefully they connect either to a song or a sermon. And uh, I've seen many, many testimonies over the years of the people that were really what I call the dial flippers, and they mm -hmm. landed on a particular message at a given time in their life where they needed to hear that specific message, and it uh, totally transformed their spiritual destiny. Well, as a talent, I'm sure you hear you know, different air checks, let's just say, or different talent, but I want to ask when it comes to either a program director, the way a radio station is managed, this is a fully loaded question here. And also, when it comes to talent, um, you know, what, how do you consult people as far as being the, the best that they can be? What do you usually see? What is the best run radio station? What's an example of that compared to one that's not, well, you know, so well run? Uh, look for longevity. If the employees have been there for years and they have low turnover, that's a good sign of a positive uh work environment, a positive, uh, spiritually affirming culture, whereas the opposite, if they've had high turnover and the last program director, uh, they've gone through three program directors in the last four years, that would be a red flag mm. to me. So stability, uh, longevity, uh, that, that's, that's a marker. Um, but one of the keys is finding the right people. 
be it the general manager, the program director, or the weekend announcer, uh, everything counts. You can't uh, – one station that I don't consult, but I have uh, some clients on there, one of their key people recently announced uh, retirement, and they've opted to replace this person with a non-Christian just to do voice tracks of Christian music. Hmm. And I, I express my strong opposition to that. That is disingenuous. That's not fair to the listeners, nor to the person that they've hired, because uh, they don't know the, the correct pronunciation of Christian artist names as an example. That's a formula for disaster. Mm-hmm. It's funny. The first radio station I worked at was a Christian radio station, but I was Jewish, you know. I, I'm, of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus now, but before I was, and I thought, wow, thanks for getting me on the radio there. But uh, I look back and I think, well, I'm not so sure, you know. If I know that there were seeds planted at the time, but I'm not sure it was the best decision necessarily because of someone who would have more of a testimony. So, you have any regrets? In your 39 years, would you do something differently when it comes to, uh, I don't know, dealing with radio stations or people? Or what are some of the things you've learned the most about as far as, uh, you know, through wisdom and, and expertise? Probably my only one regret was I uh, started my own company in August of 1998. And uh, radio was going through a quantum uh, level of change due to legislation Congress had passed two years previously. What they basically did in 1996 was allowed existing owners to go out and buy far more stations in markets than ever before. There used to be a cap and a limit. They Hmm. lifted those caps, so the big companies got much bigger, and stations were bought and sold like uh, used cars. I probably would have started my own company uh, a year earlier uh, rather than staying on with one of those big companies that came in and bought up my station and uh, it was uh, uh, probably my biggest regret is I did I waited too long. That, that light at the end of the tunnel I thought I was seeing was an oncoming train. So mm. uh, I should have probably uh, not been so overly optimistic and uh, should have gone the independent route at least a year earlier. But other than that, no regrets. Mm. Well, I could have asked you this at the beginning. Of course, I'll ask toward the end. How hard is it to run a Christian radio station? It seems like, well, if you got some money and, I don't know, do, do you get people who come to you and say, you know, I think I could start my own Christian radio station, or maybe there's a kid out of college that thinks that, and um, is it easier just to do a live Internet stream or to start there? Or, or, you know, what are the challenges, really, for someone that may just have the backing to do it? Well, it is expensive. There, uh, It's not uh, for the faint-hearted, I've in the early days of streaming the internet. I remember one fellow that had a vision. He was well ahead of his time. This was back in the days of 56k modems, and he sunk his life savings into a 24-hour mm. Christian radio station in the Cleveland area, and he lost his life savings because mm. you know modem speeds were so slow back then. Music, you, you would think the signal would buffer and. He couldn't attract any audience and literally lost his life savings. This was in 1998. And uh, so it's uh, uh, not for the faint-hearted. You need to get the, the knowledge, the experience, and uh, research before even thinking of uh, doing something like that full-time. Would you recommend churches? Do they have like a in-home Christian radio station? And I, I don't know if they <laughs> – maybe from one end of the road to the other, but uh, do they have such a thing as that? Uh, some do. They, some churches have gone with what's called low-power FM, 
which is extremely localized. When they say low power, they mean low power. Some of these are 25, 50, 100 watts, and they go just a very uh, few miles uh, from the uh, tower site, which is maybe on the steeple of the church. Uh, I'm not opposed to that, but uh, if people can't hear it beyond five miles, uh, it's going to be difficult to garner any type (laughs) of audience. That's true. Now, some churches have gone the full route and bought an existing FM license of a full-power signal, and many have done that for decades and have a very uh, thriving ministry as a result. So uh, it depends. Uh, it can work, but it's uh, it's much like starting a Christian school for a church. It's not for the faint-hearted. They should uh, consider prayer and make sure they have talented people who can run that. The senior pastor has a full-time job doing the work of a senior pastor. He need not be spinning the dials and uh, doing a, worrying about the day-to-day operation of the radio station. That's true. With us is Gary Meeks. He's the owner of Meeks Communications, and he's a Christian radio consultant. And you've done like a 100 other things, too, haven't you? Well, I have. I got into the field originally as an announcer. My degree was in mass media communications, but... I uh, was an announcer early in my career, and when I started in that station in Canton, I was 22, and then two years later, almost to the day, I was called into the office, and the then manager said, we have an opening for our Cleveland station for a manager position, and we think you're the fellow for it. So uh, I took about a week to pray about it and then accepted that and became general manager of uh, WSUN in Cleveland, Ohio in uh, 1979. And that began my career. And I uh, did morning drive. I, I multitasked back then. I uh, opened the day with a two-hour music show and then managed the station uh, the rest of the day. So I did that for a couple of years. Then I eventually hired my replacement so I could do nothing but manage the station thereafter. Yeah, well, I, I imagine your viewpoint is a good one uh, to be able to help not only talent and, uh, as you say, pastors, too, who could get more high-profile, who are talented and, and get the word out about uh, about the Lord, and also, you know, Christian radio stations uh, in general. Um, you know, I imagine there's a lot of kind of tug-of-war sometimes, and people wanting to do what you suggest and not wanting to do. I guess everyone thinks that they have their own ideas of how things should be, and then uh, they may come crawling back to you and say, Gary, you were right. Well, some pastors, I learned the hard way in the early days, I thought everybody should be on the radio. And I've learned through experience that that's not the case. <laughs> some some fellows I put on, uh, I've repented of that and asked oh. for forgiveness because uh, I remember this one fellow, he literally read his message on the radio. He manuscripted it and he read it in a monotone. Hmm. So it was as exciting as listening to a paint dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've be, in fact, I've turned many guys down. Uh, sometimes I will get phone calls from people that say, I want to go on the radio, can you help me? And I said, well, send me a sample. And in some cases, it's not very good. They, uh, mm. they, they need to study more. They need to work on their delivery. Uh, so I uh, become very... Uh, what I call the mayor of Realville. I try to tell him like it is. <laughs> and uh, it's a good name of a book. Yeah, Christian Radio, uh, the mayor of Realville. <laughs> Realville. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a serious calling. Other times, like a quick true story. In 1983, I was managing the Cleveland station in this uh, church on the east side of uh, cl- suburbs of Cleveland, 
called a new pastor after a two-year search, and uh, I didn't know anything about him other than he was from Scotland. They imported him from Glasgow. So I called him up, uh, introduced myself. He returned my call, and I heard this uh, Scottish brogue on the other end of the phone, and I suggested to him about going on the radio, and he was interested but not in a hurry. Long story short, that individual ended up being Alistair Bay. I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. He's now on 16 wow. radio stations every day across the country. Amazing. But he did not go on the radio for the first time until six years after that initial phone call. He went on the Moody station in Cleveland, Ohio, with a <laughs> once-a-week program. Wow. Little did I know what that would turn into, but the seeds were planted. We had uh, lunch and a breakfast and follow-up meetings. He was very thorough in preparation mm -hmm. for doing radio ministry. That's a, I'm sure you see those are interesting stories. You know, they really are because you know a lot of people in the in the history of uh, of Christian radio and um, you even told me you do a, a, a good Billy Graham impersonation. I don't know if you still do that or not. It's not quite as good as Erwin Lutzer. <laughs> um, Dr. Lutzer, the uh, pastor emeritus at Moody Church uh, does it. He comes to NRB every year and has a, uh, a breakfast, and he will do it. He, if you close your eyes when he did it, you'd swear Billy is in the room. Wow! But uh, you want to give God, it a shot? Are you have you retired doing that, or or do you think I'll you give it a shot? Um, <laughs> we read in Proverbs the fourteenth chapter, the thirty fourth verse, that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. This is Billy Graham speaking to you today from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow, that was ten times better than I thought. I mean, that was good. That was really good, Gary. That was really, really good. <laughs> I actually uh, I didn't get to meet Dr. Graham, but I worked on his uh, crusade in Cleveland in 1994, uh, the last time he came to Cleveland. And uh, on the final day of that crusade, I was invited to sit on the platform. I literally was two rows behind him, sitting, seated in front of 55,000 people in this huge uh, stadium. And uh, to see that from that perspective was, uh, I'll never forget it, it was uh, uh, remarkable. And I have, uh, view that uh, experience. We did 17 hours of remotes that week uh, for my station and uh, promoting that hmm. crusade. And it was uh, that was the first time Dr. Graham ever used contemporary Christian music at one of his crusades. Wow. The day before that Saturday, he had Michael W. Smith and D.C. talk, and they had a crowd. They packed the stadium with about 70,000 people hmm. that day. I mean, honestly, you didn't even sound like you. It really sounded like Billy Graham, which is, you know, that's a good imitation, not someone trying to sound like somebody. I mean, it really sounded like him. But, well, I have one last question for you, okay? okay. So in your perfect ideal world, all right. What would be the perfect radio station? I mean, if you could make it according to the way your specifications, okay, starting from scratch, what would it look like? Wow. Uh, just succinctly, I would have the right people on board. You have a, a good chief engineer, a good program director, good on-air talent. It doesn't take a ton of people. You can run a station successfully with oh, as few as uh, half a dozen people mm -hmm. um, and a good strong signal that reaches the local community uh, preferably an FM signal and uh, have a format that there is somewhat unique there there's not three or four choices on the local dial to hear the same thing and to be involved with the community have local churches as a part of your 
outreach. Uh, don't be 100% national. Have a blend of local, regional, and national ministries involved with you. And look for ways to serve, to help the local uh, homeless shelter, help uh, Christian foster care and adoption agencies, help Christian schools, uh, you name it. Look for opportunities to be that uh, microphone, as it were, to shine a light on areas of need and how people can get involved either through volunteerism or through writing a check, to be an extension of the local church to fulfill the Great Commission to tarry until the Lord comes and be obedient to um, carrying out His will, which is to communicate the gospel to every creature. Yes, we appreciate your wisdom, your talent that God has blessed you with. Gary Meeks, our special guest, he's the owner of Meeks Communications, Christian radio consultant, so he's also the mayor of Realville, as he was saying as well. So if you want to get in touch with Gary, what's the uh, the email and, uh, and number one more time? Uh, Meeks Radio, uh, M-E-E-K-S, Meeks Radio at gmail.com. Or you can reach me via phone at uh, area code 330-388-0758. 330-388-0758. Yeah, I know you want to see God glorified and through talent, uh, radio talent, and people want to get into Christian radio, and you have a lot of uh, great wisdom to share. We appreciate you being on the program. Thank you, Michael, for the invitation. I appreciate the opportunity.